today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith You could meet someone on the busy streets of New York, and if you know they're a Christian, you're connected. You can go over to Europe on vacation or wherever you want to go, and you meet another believer, and you begin talking about the Lord. Why? How come? Because God has made us a new people, a new race. And there's that inner connection that Christians have, that God has created. Reaching up high, with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives, so we can be our heads. What is the Church of Jesus Christ? In today's message, Pastor Ed teaches us that the church is not a building made of brick and mortar. Jesus' church is a living organism made up of His people from every nation, tribe, and tongue. While each member of the church has an important individual function, all of the members of the body of Christ have a spiritual connection and unity that crosses all cultural boundaries. In other words, the church is the collective family of God that exists to love God and do Christ's will on earth. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith. In the previous verses, Peter talks about Jesus being the cornerstone. And then all of us being living stones. Peter perhaps was remembering When Jesus said to him, you'll be a rock, Peter. You'll be a rock. Peter was that living stone. And then he looks at other believers and he said, each of us are like living stones. But Jesus, the Christ, is that cornerstone. And we are built upon that and we line up with that cornerstone. And then it goes on to say that he is building a spiritual house. Each one of us are like stones in that house, built upon that foundation, a place where God's presence dwells. What does that spiritual house look like? What does the church that Christ is building look like? Well, the title of the message is, Let the Church Be the Church. I like what Chuck Colson said, biblically, the church is an organism, not an organization, a movement, not a monument. It is not a part of the community. It is a whole new community. It is not an orderly gathering. It is a new order with new values, often in sharp conflict with the values of the surrounding society. Right on. He hit it. Peter When he comes to verse 9, in 1 Peter chapter 2, he said, here's the church. It's a chosen generation. A chosen generation. He is thinking of the Old Testament. The background for Peter that he's pulling from is the book of Deuteronomy. Where Moses wrote down, yet the Lord set his affection on your forefathers and loved them. He chose you. 
their descendants above all nations as it is today. Now, Peter is writing before the fall of Jerusalem. His epistle happens before 70 AD, before Jerusalem falls. He's writing to Jewish believers and Gentile believers. And he tells them that you are the chosen people. What God did when he created the church on the day of Pentecost is he was doing a new thing. He was forming a new people, a new nation. That's what we are. In 1 Peter 1.3, in his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We are a new people. What he's saying is that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they were the people of God. And now God was creating a brand new people. He was creating a people that were descendants spiritually from Abraham, who were both Jew and then Gentile. What God was doing, just like when he formed a nation out of Abraham, just like when he formed and brought the nation of Israel out of Egypt and would lead them into the promised land, he was doing something new. God in the church is doing something completely new. See, we are a new race. We have a new heart. And Ezekiel says, uh, God will give us a new heart, a new spirit. Uh, We have a new mind. We're to have the mind of Christ. We are to be a new nation, a new people. In Ephesians 2.15, Paul says it this way. It's a new living translation. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jew and Gentiles by creating himself one new people from two groups. One new people from two groups. That's why there is a connection between you and every other believer. Truett, who was a pastor of First Baptist Church in Dallas, a great church, years ago Truett said that there was this man that walked into a museum and there was a picture of Christ in his suffering. And the man stopped. He looked at that picture. He pondered it. And it just came out. I love him. I love him. And someone heard that. And then they too stopped and they looked at the picture. And they echoed that man's word. I love him. And a small group of people began to gather around just looking at the picture of Jesus. With that response, I love him. You could meet someone on the busy streets of New York. And if you know they're a Christian, you're connected. You can go over to Europe on vacation or wherever you want to go, and you meet another believer, and you begin talking about the Lord. Why? How come? Because God has made us a new people, a new race. And there's that interconnection that Christians have that God has created inside of us. Now... Not only are we a new people, but we are a blessed people. And we can't forget that. 
We are blessed by God. In the New Living Again, verse 4 of chapter 1, we have a priceless inheritance that's kept in heaven for you, pure, undefiled, beyond the reach and change and decay. An inheritance. When God brought you into the kingdom, he gave you incredible promises. And God keeps his promises. All of the promises are in Christ. We receive the promises by coming to Christ, by living in Christ. When we're in Christ, we're part of this new nation, this new community. And what God is saying in this word, all of the promises are yes and amen in Christ. God has given you incredible promises. And that's why it's so important to drink the milk of the word. To meditate on the scriptures. Because you begin living your life on the promises of God. Standing on his word. Standing on his promises. I know many of you do that for your children. I think about my son. I think about my daughter. I I think about their lives. and, And I stand on the promise. Praying for them. I think about the promises for my own life. And I'll... Stand on that promise and think about it and pray over it. God has given us such a blessing in that he has given us incredible promises. Someday, the journey will be over. We'll be able to look back. We'll be in our promised land. Joshua said to the people as they went into the promised land, but just as Every good promise of the Lord your God has come true. Every good promise. God fulfilled his promise to the people of God. He will fulfill his promise to you. Someday you will walk on streets of gold. Someday you will see Christ. Someday you will sit down with Abraham, with Moses, with Daniel. With Joseph, with Jacob. I mean, you're going to sit down with a host of believers. It is real. And so what Peter is saying, you have been chosen by God. And it's a brand new thing that God did. He made you a new creation in Christ. And you are a new people. It's a new nation. It's a spiritual people. A people out of every tribe and every nation that God has brought. We're part of that. And then he goes on to say, you're a royal priesthood. In verse 9, you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Think of that, royal. Uh, The idea is that the blood of the king flows in your veins. God says... You're his child. You're a son. You're a daughter of the king. There's an excitement as we begin to think about the royalty that we are a part of. This royal priesthood means that we bring sacrifices to God. That's what the priest does. Now, in the Old Testament, priests would bring sacrifices on various times and occasions But ours is somewhat different. In verses 5 and 9, it says, We're a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ, that you may declare the praises of him who called you. God calls us 
to praise him, to offer up worship to him. That's what we do on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or whenever we gather together when we sing. We are offering up sacrifice of praise. That's what God is looking for us, looking from, for, uh, from us. Uh, the Bible tells us that God looks for that type of worshiper so that that person who comes and says, Lord, thank you for your promises. Thank you that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. It shouldn't take a lot to get us to start praising the Lord. I mean, just to think about Jesus, just to begin to think about how he's answered prayers, how he's watched over you, how he's promised you an incredible future. If it gets in here, it comes out here. Once it gets into your heart and gets into your spirit and it's really real, you wake up maybe in the middle of the night and you just start worshiping. You drive in your car and you're just worshiping with your eyes open though. (laughs) But you begin to praise the Lord. It's a lifestyle of the Christian. That praise is unending. It's not just for periods of time. Uh, But in Hebrews we're told that, 13, 15, Through him, let us offer an unending sacrifice of praise. The fruit of the lips of those who acknowledge his name. I like the old chorus. Praise him in the morning. Praise him in the noontime. Praise him in the evening. Praise him all day long. That's what we take periods out where you simply get before God and say, Lord, I thank you. You got me up today. Lord, at the end of the day, Lord, I thank you. You got me through the day. The idea of praising the Lord as a habit in every circumstance. You could be in the hospital and you're praising God. You can be in a difficult place, but you're praising God because you know he's going to get you through it. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul tells us, give thanks in all circumstances. Not just some circumstances. This is God's will for you. We're a priesthood, a royal priesthood. And because we have this relationship with God, we develop the attitude of praise continually, constantly. You think about it. There's no God like our God. Uh, When you're going through the valley of the shadow, what should we do? I mean, what should we do? We should praise him. He's our shepherd. When our body is racked with pain, what should we do? We should praise him. He's our healer or his grace is sufficient for us. When our hearts are filled with grief, what should we do? Praise him. He's our comforter. When we've failed and we've faltered and we've sinned, We confess those sins. What should we do? He forgives all of our iniquities. He casts them as far as the east is from the west. Praise should characterize the believer. When it gets in here, it comes out in praise. Someone said, say thank you. Thou hast given so much to me. Give one thing more. A grateful heart. Lord, 
Give me a heart of gratitude. Now, these sacrifices are the fruit of our lips. But the sacrifices don't simply end there. It's taking our lives and putting it on the altar of sacrifice. Uh, I love that passage in Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy. Think about God's mercy to you. Think about how he's helped you, how he's taken care of you, how he's forgiven you, how he's done so much for you. All of his mercies. It says what? What's our response? To present our bodies a living sacrifice. So I come and I give myself to the Lord, a living sacrifice. My mind, I want to think the thoughts of Christ. I give God my mind. My emotions, I want to feel what God feels. I don't want to feel the way the world feels. What excites the world, I don't want it to excite me. What excites God, that's what I want to excite me. So I want my emotions aligned with his heart. With our will. When we say offer ourselves a living sacrifice, it's everything you are. Your mind, your emotions, your volition, your will. Where you begin to say, Lord, I want to want what you want. I want my will in line with yours. We are a chosen generation. Jesus chose us out of the world and said, I'm making a brand new nation out of you and I'm going to give you a charter filled with promises bought by my son on the cross. And he goes on to say, you're a royal priesthood. There's no more Levitical priesthood. We are spiritual priests who are to offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually in all the circumstances of life and then we're to bring our bodies a living sacrifice. And then we're a holy nation. A holy nation. And again it says a holy nation, a people that belong to God. Holy literally means to be separate. Now, It has two aspects. It's not just that we separate ourselves from the world. We separate ourselves unto God. So we are separated first from the world. You could see that in verse 9. Him who's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once we lived in darkness. We walked in the darkness. But God said, come out of that. Come out of that. And so we come out of the darkness and we begin to walk in the light of his word. We begin to walk in the light of his presence. We begin to see life in his light. And so that's what he's saying. Come out of those type of things. Again, the NIV in chapter 1 says, As obedient children, don't conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. For it's written, be holy because I am holy. Our goal is to live holy, godly lives. To live lives that are pleasing to the Lord. So our thoughts, our attitudes, our actions, all reflect this relationship with God. We have to look different from the world. We have to act different from the world. A whole different set of standards guided by the word, guided by his truth. We're a holy people. So, hey, what people get away with, we don't try to get away with that. 
We're honest in our speech. We put off the things that Peter tells us to put off, the works of the flesh. And we embrace God's ways. And so we're holy, but it goes on to say that we're separated really unto God. Verses 9 and 10. A people, notice, belonging to God. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you didn't receive mercy, but now you receive mercy. So we are taken out of the world, like out of Egypt, just like the Israelites were. And we're brought into the presence of God. And we are to live a life in communion with God. Consecrating our lives to God. Committing our lives to God. Peter was saying, God's building a church. We're all stones in that church. A temple of his presence. And if the church is going to be the church, it's a chosen generation. We're a a brand new creation in Christ. We have incredible promises that God has given us to live on those promises, to stand on those, for those to be things that we treasure. And then we're a holy priesthood. As this holy priesthood, it is our practice to give God the fruit of our lips, our praise. People curse God. That's not for us. People take God's name in vain. No. We love him. And we worship him. And we give ourselves, just as Jesus gave himself, we give ourselves to do the Father's will. For me to live is Christ. That's the attitude we have. With this anticipation that someday we'll meet him, to die is again. And as believers, we're a holy nation. We're called out of the darkness. We're not going to live the way the world lives. We're not going to act the way the world acts. We're not going to be involved with the sins of the world. That's not for us. Our lives are separated to God. And God's taking us by the hand and leading us through this present world so that we might do as well. Let the church be the church. In Isaiah 43, 21, and I close with this verse. The people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Notice, I form my, for myself. This is what God did in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament we're told that they rejected the cornerstone. And when they reject the cornerstone, they break themselves. Jesus Christ is that cornerstone. And those who reject him condemn themselves. God created the nation of Israel. God took us out of darkness into light. God took us out of obscurity and gave us a place of significance in his kingdom, calls us children. God took us from his anger, his wrath, and now we're in his favor and we are recipients of his mercy. Let the church be the church. Building in faith. Today, you may be facing persecution from the world around you. Your walk with Jesus may have hit a rough patch, and now you're unsure where to turn. Or your life may be going well, and you're feeling the blessings of Jesus all around you. No matter the place you are in your life, 
there is always Jesus. He loves to rejoice with you in the triumphs and to walk with you through the trials. As Dr. Edward Jones continues to take us through the book of 1 Peter, we see that Jesus is the solution in every crisis and the one we can look to each and every day for our own strength. We do hope that you've been blessed by today's message on Building in Faith and invite you to visit our website to learn more about our ministry. Our web address is buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. Be sure to find us on Facebook as well. We know how important social media is in people's lives today. And by liking us on Facebook, you can keep up to date with all that's happening at Faith Assembly. We would also like to invite you to join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area for our weekly worship. We meet each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and also on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and have many activities for all ages and all walks of life. Sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to join us again here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues to dig deeper into the Word of God, sharing with us the love and hope that only Jesus can offer us. Your Word restores and heals, transforms, rebuilds, and it makes a Everybody wins when a leader gets better. Absolutely everyone. The stakes of leadership are sky high. Everyone has influence. Come to the Global Leadership Summit on August 10th and 11th and learn skills to help you lead transformation in your community. The summit features leaders like Bill Hybels, Sheryl Sandberg, Andy Stanley, and more. Experience the summit at Faith Assembly Casper Kill Campus, Poughkeepsie, August 10th and 11th. Register at willowcreek.com summit and use the priority code radio willowcreek.com summit.